Welcome to the Every Gamer Podcast. My name is Nick. And I am Ben, aka Skitch256 on Twitch. Yeah. So today's gonna be pretty uh pretty interesting. Uh do you wanna introduce who we got with us right now? Interesting is a word for it. Yeah, we have my brother, Josh, from the hey. ca- Caribbean. Is it Caribbean or Caribbean? Oh, good point. Because you said Caribbean yes, earlier. I've, I've heard it said both ways. It is the Caribbean. I, it's Pirates of the Caribbean. And if Disney yeah. has said it, then that's that's what it is. Yes, because they own everything. <laughs> true. That's true. They do own everything. Yeah. Hey, Josh, how you how you doing? Glad you can join us. I am good. I'm good. Thanks so much, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, so we usually get started talking about... Um, you know what we're what we're playing uh skitch actually josh i probably know the answer to this but uh what you've been playing lately you said skitch or josh josh <laughs> no i was like <laughs> who uh i don't what <laughs> i started that skitch question yeah. uh so speaking of riddles uh, i've been playing uh, a little bit of breath in the wild um i, I i'm not really nice. an active gamer that much anymore but gotcha. i do have a switch and uh I, I carry the switch especially on some of my trips i commute a lot for yeah. work and all over the states and uh so i've been playing some breath of the wild and uh really loving that game yeah it's, uh, it's, it's fun to just pick up and, and just run around and do random things in the world yeah um, Bef- before and, you before you had the switch yeah, how long was your kind of hiatus from games I probably took around seven or eight months away from gaming. Right. Um, you know, there was there there came a point in time where I basically just had to quasi retire sure. from gaming. Uh, and and you know when you have two children, um, a full time job, and uh, your wife is directing a a, a nonprofit ministry. Yeah. And that uh, that you're basically having to help administer. There's not a lot of time for grinding up to the, the newest light level, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. For those of you uh, listening, Josh used to be um uh used to play with us in Destiny One pretty heavily and then yeah. um when we made the switch to Destiny two he, he backed off uh for a little bit. And then um I think did you play any of Destiny two? I us? did. I, I I played a little bit, uh ran a few um I think I might have run a couple of nightfalls. Yeah. Okay. But um uh, most of it was was crucible and uh a lot of it was internet connectivity too i was in a lot of hotels yeah right <laughs> uh, yeah where the bandwidth is amazing and that <laughs> sarcasm is very much intended yeah. uh, but uh no although i i don't get to play games as much as i used to anymore i still follow the industry very closely yeah uh, I have, i've always found the gaming industry fascinating sure so I, it, I stay pretty close to that and you're you're in technology field anyways too so i'm sure that it it i mean being in in a technology industry i'm sure um following especially with your background in, in gaming um i'm sure you do um have an interest in following what the industry is doing as well so absolutely uh, if you look at the fields of artificial intelligence right now mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in i don't i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> this, this is actually pretty cool stuff uh, in, in the field of uh, uh, in my field, which is in in, uh, in business automation, uh, mm-hmm. we we've come up with this idea. When when companies get faxes, uh, our industry has come up with this idea of 
improving the resolution of faxes after they've been scanned, uh, the way that video game companies are re-texturing old video games with artificial intelligence. Right? Whoa, they're, that's cool. Yeah, they're using, platforms, they're using those platforms to say, okay, based on where the pixels, the patterns and the formats that the pixels are aligned in this low-res version, this is what it must uh, what it could look like in a high-res version. And so here, let's go ahead and throw those pixels in there and see what happens. And, um, wow. Huh. So we, we see that in, in, in AI. And then also, of course, before the cloud became the cloud, yeah, uh, that was really a big thing for us. Grid computing was what Oracle used to call it. Mm. And now, you know, Microsoft, I think two years ago, they did a 100,000 100, gamer test. One game, 100,000, not, not individual gamers, but uh, players yeah. that were being simulated, 50,000 on one side, 50,000 on the other, uh, for this spaceship battle. And they used you know, the Azure cloud to power it. It's really, really oh, cool gosh. stuff there. So yeah, a lot of relationship between what I do and, and what's happening in the techno technology and the, in the game. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you could see why... Um... I mean, with, with the way that technology is improving and the way that gaming is using it, you can see how Amazon and Google can jump in on it. It's because, I mean, their their business runs on, on the cloud and runs on, like, massive amounts of processing. And so, I mean, they're already, they're already kind of set up for it. So that's why you see them throwing their hat in the, in the ring for uh, gaming. Absolutely. So that's I mean, pretty- Amazon... Amazon made their play when they went and got Twitch. That was really the first indication of Amazon's attention to the gaming industry. Sure. Have you heard of Twitch Prime? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, And then, of course, I think everyone is watching Google Stadia. Yeah. Uh, Everyone is watching xCloud to see if it can actualize what it what it really stands for. Which sure. probably for the number of ads show. I've seen for Google Stadia in the past five months, I can't help but not watch it. Yeah. It's like, right. sure. Yeah. I get ads for it all the time. Yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, we're a lot of, I mean, I'm sure that I can say this for myself. I'm pretty heavily dependent upon Google uh, and a lot of their ecosystem. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, cloud storage, uh, communication, um, you know, all sorts of stuff, um, for that with work and, and even personal stuff. And so, yeah, they, I mean, they, they already have a lot of the infrastructure and you could see why they had this big push to, um, to do Google fiber is because you can kind of see them, see them laying the road for stadia, uh, in a way, uh, because Absolutely. you can't do processing like that from a cloud and not have, you know, run off of DSL speeds or, you know, what we used to have before Google DSL. fiber. So I still have DSL. <laughs> yeah, so so um nerd. So since he is he is in the Caribbean Caribbean, uh we might have some some He's what in did the you Caribbean say? Caribbean. Or so, yeah, uh, you might hear us say a couple of times, "Hey, can you say that again?" or or we we miss that um because yes, the the internet probably like isn't or... the greatest. Yeah. I'll only be moderately offended. So yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're, we'll, we'll just assume we'll just assume that any technological issues are us being DDoSed by China. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Foreshadowing. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah. Okay, before we get into our topic, uh, um, where did you start in gaming? What was the game that kind of got you into gaming as a whole? Oh my goodness. Uh, 
Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was mine. No, awesome. <laughs> well, good. I'm not. I'm not that old, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were some <laughs> other games that I played early on on things like Commodore 64, and think I didn't own those. My friends had them, and I would play when I was at their house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I played Atari and all that stuff. But really, my first uh, own personal gaming experience was with a Windows ninety five computer. Um, yeah, and we had a game called Descent, which was oh, a I remember simulator. Descent. Yeah, you remember Descent? <laughs> uh, yes. And, <laughs> and Tie Fighter Advance, which was probably the best game I had played. Bar none, especially in terms of Star Wars flight simulation. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, I love that game. Uh, so I started there in in the in the wonder of Windows ninety five yeah. and the Super Nintendo. Sure, Jeez. the wonder of Windows ninety five, where you have to boot up DOS to be able to play a game. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You have to Every, know how to code in order to start playing a game. <laughs> Every version of Windows we had, I had to find another way to launch Tie Fighter. It's amazing. Yeah. And, so, uh, but uh, we we had a Nintendo, we had a Super Nintendo. Okay. Uh, we we came yeah. up more so on the Nintendo side of the of the business than we did on Sega, but we did ultimately yeah. get into Sega. I can still remember you getting um, like on Christmas morning. I feel like you got Shinobi. Um, it was either Shinobi or Ninja Gaiden on like the original NES. Uh, we we got Ninja Gaiden and I got uh, Karate Kid Part Two. Oh, oh perfect! My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You got to catch uh, flies with chopsticks. That's, <laughs> That's crazy. So, That's awesome. so what was it about Wolfenstein that hooked you? I I, I enjoyed just the the spectacle of, of having control over a soldier, yeah. um, of of fighting bad guys. You know, the the, the story backdrop sure. was somewhat secondary. <laughs> it was it was a uh, it was an amazing depiction of Hitler, to say yeah. the least. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm a very story driven person. I think Nick in the last podcast, you even talked about how stories, what keeps you attached to games. And, uh, and I feel very similarly, if I want to know what happens next, or if I want to have some part to play in what happens next, it's very exciting because prior to that, really, it was games like Mario brothers and golf simulators and, Right, uh, things that things that Looks were not. Looks like he hit a tree, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I forgot about that clip. Uh, I said that I said that quote the other day, and Dad remembered it. <laughs> Dad was like, "That's from that golf game." I was like, it "Yeah." Is. It is. I don't remember the name of it, but they actually put that game into archive.org. It's now out there. You can go download oh, that's it. That's awesome. Free. That's awesome. Uh, that's so cool. For those who have been chomping at the bit to get it, um, it's there. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure but, there's an audience somewhere. Yeah, there yeah, has to be. But exactly. Um, and so, story, the, the story elements, the, the spectacle, the fantasy elements of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, obviously, that's what was really drawing me to things like Star Wars, um, mm. and ultimately, you know, Halo, which was was probably the game I spent the most of my yeah. career playing. Oh yeah, I think that's most of us who uh, who liked um, first person shooters. It's the one that got me like oh, really really into first wait. person shooters. No, 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 Josh! You're overlooking a a key first person shooter in your life. Uh, Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Goldeneye right. sixty four. Yeah, if it hadn't been for <laughs> Halo's serialization, uh, 
GoldenEye would have eclipsed it easily. Uh, right. I still remember vividly the day that I was grinding the dam level, uh, and it was also the dam level uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at that stage. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> but 50, I think it was, I, I, and you had to beat it in under so many seconds in order yeah. to get the golden gun, and I beat it in something like 51, 52. Uh, and what was strange or funny about it is that this was really before YouTube and all of that. So I happened to somehow through a chat room or something in AOL of all things. <laughs> yeah, um, aim. Uh, I happened to find a video demonstration of somebody doing it in 57 seconds. And, uh, and I think I literally tried that 75 plus times to beat that stage. That's crazy, dude. And when I, I still viscerally remember the, the day and the experience of getting an Beating that achievement, I think Ben came in the room three or four times and left. Just yeah. <laughs> we're watching the same thing happen over and over again. But, yeah, but yeah, I have no idea why he was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now you know. But this guy, this guy memorized all the spawn locations on PvP maps. Yeah. And then we yeah. put proximity mines there. Oh gosh, you were that guy. So he, so he'd kill you. You spawn and immediately die again because <laughs> he memorized where they all were. Yeah. Uh, I was like, yeah, I know Halo yeah. was formative for all of us, but you were all about some gold mining. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's what got me into first person shoes. As a matter of fact, in between Goldeneye and Halo was, was Perfect Dark. Uh, oh, that's yeah. right, yeah. And, and uh, I played a lot of that. But I played a lot of RPGs as well. Final Fantasy VII is probably oh, the most yeah. influential game I played during my high school years. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I can still remember when you were going after the emerald and ruby weapons. That's you know, gosh, that's another yeah. that's another grind. Beating emerald and ruby was more rewarding than beating the game. Yeah. Oh yeah. You fought those. So, yeah. you fought How many those... times you you conjured knights of the round? I yeah. don't know. It was a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. You got <laughs> yeah. very used to that uh, that animation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Throw the mimic material in there and hope for the best. Yeah. Min maxing <laughs> your your uh, your gear with materia and. Yeah, that that one was was one of my favorites too. It's still one of my all time favorites. Um, oh yeah, just a great game. Seven, yeah. All yeah. right, um, one more question about uh, gaming history. What's your what's your favorite um, game of all time? Wow. Uh, so Ben and I have a friend named Dallas. So mm -hmm. uh, Ben, um, when I tell you that Dallas and I ranked all the games that we played uh, one time. <laughs> Via spreadsheet, we we went through this exercise, and, yeah. and really, I think start to finish, the best game I've ever played is Bioshock. Um, oh yes, and so uh, you know it's a it's a really close match between that and Tie Fighter and and Halo One, but see, like Halo One, the library stage is just too long. Um, yeah. and, and there <laughs> There are some things about Halo 1, as classic as it is, that diminishes that for sure. me. But single-player, phenomenal story, um, and a constant ripping. Even though it was almost a complete rip-off of, of uh, their first game. What was the first System game? Shock. System Shock. Even though the twist was very similar to the twist in System Shock, it was still so well done. God, Bioshock um, is still one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, I, I think that's probably the best game i've played now my favorite game has to be halo because i i just i played that sure. all the way through halo 5 yeah um and i met most of my good 
adult friends now through that spectrum of yep. of the spectrum of first person shooters. Yeah. Um, you know, me and Ben when I was in college and he was in high school, uh, we would have game nights at my house. We yeah. would play Halo with the friends. We'd have sixteen people land partying together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. All that stuff. So yeah. I'd say there's there's two answers to that question, but sure. uh, there are a lot of great games that, that I've played, and some really obscure ones. Beyond Good and Evil was actually a fascinating. Oh, I really wanted to play that one. I've I didn't heard get great things it. about that game. I yeah. want to play the the one that they're working on now. Have you seen the some of the footage for yeah. that? Oh, God. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to replicate the unique magic of an unexpected, uh, you know, game like that. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. you guys were talking about or I call it Ori. You call it Ori. Um, oh, yeah. but, uh, uh, last, last podcast, and it, mm-hmm. it's very similar in nature. You start playing this game, you don't really expect much. And then you're like, why, mm-hmm. why did, why did it take me so long? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the, um, for Bianca and Evil, from what I've seen, the characters feel very authentic and, and original. Um, yeah. And uh, so, and the, what they're trying to do with that game, with the scale of it and, like they're going full on with it, and I'm I'm super. I don't know if you've seen any video for this uh, sketch, but um, you should look it up. And they showed some video a few years ago, like two or three years ago or something. Yeah. Like that. I remember seeing some video, but it was incredible what they're showing off. So I'm really yeah really excited to see what they come up with on on the final on that. If 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 it ever gets released, it's one of those <laughs> games that you're really not sure if. Well, and it's yeah. one of the it's one of the few games where. The original or the owners, the the IP owners, have been careful to rush into a, a sequel. Sure. Um, you know, Blizzard used to be that way. Yeah. Uh, Blizzard used to be so cautious about releasing the next game, and, and they still are in some in some regard. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to for companies to care that much about the franchise to mm-hmm. where they don't turn it into the next Call of Duty or Madden right. you know, serial episode of the year. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I don't want to diminish how the quality of Madden and Call of Duty. I, you know, it's just for companies yeah. to demonstrate that kind of care over the, the over the story, the, the the characters, and all that is is unique and, and enjoyable. To see. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For sure. That's it's the same thing with um, 2077 uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Um, CD Project Red. Yeah. It's not <laughs> only it's not only you see that um, they're trying to create like a really great game world. Um, they work closely with the original author and trying to get the characters and everything authentically original. Um, and like, I think he's still working with them on, on trying to make sure that the world is real to that universe. And um, it's hard, hard, you know, with, with the turnaround and, and how they're trying to re- release games now, a lot of game publishers and devs aren't worried about that so much they're just trying to turn games around and so yeah. it's yeah. that's that's i think that's why so many people are, are holding out for um cyberpunk and um you know beyond good and evil the messiah of video games yeah <laughs> um that's how it seems like people talk about yeah. it yeah that's true i mean he is breathtaking <laughs> yeah so it's instantly awesome right yeah. uh i guess yeah. i actually have yeah. one more question um yeah liar <laughs> okay never mind forget it because <laughs> no, I, I mean I, I, I um it's 
you were pretty big into video games and then you just you even sent out a, a message to us you know in our, in our whatsapp saying like i'm taking a break from video games um yeah. you know and that i know that had to have been difficult to kind of come to terms with uh with yeah. this, you know the history that you have and so um i mean it's priorities and i know from what i know about you and and you know you i think you do have your priorities straight and uh, stepping away for a little bit is super important and great that you're that you're doing it and uh it is a little bit of a sacrifice i'm sure but i mean uh, being able to pick up the switch and have something like that like what was the importance of that and you know being yeah. able to to do something like that well the the there's a, quite a bit of history behind deciding to quit playing um and uh there's probably more more than we can go into tonight but mm -hmm. I, I i come from a, a fairly significant battle with addiction addictive tendencies okay. in a variety of areas um and and i anything that i get immersed in it's very easy for me to be like all right what's the history what's the context what are the just going all anything in. yeah yeah just it's hong kong okay what's the history you know yeah, right. uh, <laughs> you know and just all of that i i dive into because i'm i'm, I'm obsessed with story to some okay. degree yeah uh, in that regard but um gaming was the same way i couldn't casually play games sure um and uh, I remember I used to try and allocate time and work with schedule and be like, okay, can you, can I just play for an hour? Mm -hmm. You know, that's not long enough to get to the light level I need to get to, blah, blah, blah. You know? Right. Um, and, and so really it got to where uh, life was, was in such a way that I really, I had to make poor decisions from either a time or a priority standpoint in yeah. order to keep gaming. Right. Um, and I literally... It, it was fairly extreme. I, I took my Xbox and threw it in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. And uh, and it had to be somewhat extreme in order for me to really make the necessary change. Sure. Um, right. And uh, and the Switch is nice to have around. It's great to play with the kids. I pick it up every two or three weeks, maybe. Yeah. Uh, every here, every now and then, especially on flights when I'm bored. Yeah. Um, but I think what it did for me is it freed me from an identity that was tied to gaming. Sure. Um, yeah. Because I made most of my friends through gaming. I I really sought gaming as a comfort zone when life was hard. I sought it as a as a celebratory area when life was good. Uh -huh. um, it became so much more formative. About it became so much more about a part of who I was. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point that when important aspects of life started saying, no, we need your attention more, yeah. um, I, I actually wrestled with the decision instead of just going, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. In, so, in some ways, I think you guys talked about addiction, video game addiction, in, in one of the first few episodes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we did. And ben, des mm -hmm. ben described it, you know, in that setting, and I think it was written in that article, when it's the only thing you can think about doing, when life is good, it's all you want to do. When life is bad, it's all you want to do. Yeah, right. When you're working, it's all you want to do. Uh, and so I was really there um, and stepping yeah. away really helped me put it where it belongs in my life it's a nice little sure. hobby here and there it's fun to, yeah. to talk about like we're doing now but it does not i don't need it in order to to uh, to deal with life sure right and, uh, right that's very good to, very good to know <laughs> yeah and i think with the switch how it's designed um like you can just pause it and put it away and then you know come back to it and you'll it'll be there and i think 
I mean, we've had issues with this for years, trying to get together a group of guys to play or a group of people <laughs> to play Destiny, and it's yeah. one of the biggest issues we deal with now. Um, yeah. And, you know, again, even when we're playing by ourselves, we're trying to grind to get to a level to where we can play together for a certain thing. Right. So, I mean, the way that the Switch is designed, they market it as this big, like get together and play games together and it's bring it to a party and set it up and play when in reality most (laughs) people i know who who play switch they pull it out you know play it on the train or something for 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever and put it away and then come back to it later yeah well and all the games i play are non-committal zelda's non-committal marvel ultimate alliance 3 is non-committal uh i've got katan on there i've got chess uh i've got star two stardew valley (laughs) right uh and so they're, they're either one of two things. They're either non-committal or they're things I can play with my children. Sure. Um, right, right. And I, I think that was probably the biggest distinction is there were a lot of games I really wanted to spend a lot of time with that I couldn't play around my kids. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, they're just, you know, it's like, wait a minute, you know, this, this doesn't fit. And, and so, you know, uh, it was staggeringly easy to walk away from once I decided to do it. Sure. But, um, it it took me years to finally make the decision I needed to make to walk right. away. Right, yeah, uh, right. Well, that's really cool because instead of it being kind of central and things wrapping around it, it's now the games are wrapping around what's central in your life, which is your family and you yes. know, and your wife and your right. kids. So, and as yeah. jealous as I get of streamers um, uh, and, and the ones that are able to do this full-time and things like that, I'm yeah. also thankful that it isn't my job. Sure. Um, and uh, unlike the, some of the streamers who, who do it, and it's basically this, this massive thing, like yeah. if you look at Ninja or, or uh, Artifu or something like that, you know, walking away from it would cost them a lot more than it cost me to walk away from yeah, it. Yeah, right, know? right, uh, right. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I remember um, listening to PewDiePie in, a, in an interview at some point. He just... He was at like forty or fifty million subscribers on YouTube or whatever. And he casual. He just he yeah. said, yeah. "I Black wish it. someone would surpass me because it would take so much pressure off of me." Um, yeah. And just kind of hearing that, like, it's a runaway train, and he has no control over it, but he has to perform to kind of keep his, you know, his livelihood there or whatever he's doing there. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's, I mean, there's got to be a lot of pressure there, you know, to to be that guy, to be be good at video games, to produce the content, to deliver on a consistent schedule. Um, content. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you speak my language. So uh, I mean, and, uh, not yeah, knowing exactly. any of that, not knowing any of that about you beforehand, like from hearing that message to now, like I'm I'm actually instead of sad, I'm actually glad for you. So that's really cool. I'm glad. That you were able good, to do that. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah, there's no reason to be sad. Though. Yeah. So speaking of being sad, we're gonna. He's been crying for months. We're gonna. Stopping. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you this actually. Pod- this podcast is actually an intervention. <laughs> so um, you actually wanted to talk about what's going on with uh with Hong Kong and uh, Blizzard yeah. and uh, some of the other companies. Yeah. Um, uh, what what brought this on? What made you want to talk about this? Uh, just pure fascination with the dynamics of of what's taking place, I, and and um, I, we'll we'll talk about it as we break it out mm-hmm. a little bit further. But at, at first, when I started hearing about it, it's one of these conversations where 
I think there's this, uh, I, I want to make an assumption within myself that the answer to whatever's going on for me is very simple. And I'm right. either, I'm either against China and it's very, it's very obvious to me that China's being wrong here and, sure. and all this stuff, or I'm against Blizzard. It's very obvious they should have stood up, you know, and, and as I dug into it further, I was like, wow, this is not that simple. Right. Well, um, I mean, I don't think you're being fair. I mean, if there's anything that's really clear cut in life, it's politics. <laughs> that's right. Business, business, business and politics, politics are yeah. the simplest things in the world. I think, yeah, you know, it's, so. it's yeah, exactly. super simple. Yeah. And when uh, the the uh, have either of you guys ever watched Castle, the TV show? No, Castle? I want to. Nathan I never Fran, have. No. I really want. So to. I made it about I made it about three or four seasons in. I, I loved the show. Um, it's 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 actually terrible to me that. Apparently the actors got along so poorly, but um, the there's a there's a sequence, a storyline where they start talking about something called the fulcrum, what they call the fulcrum, and the fulcrum is this event in time that seems quite insignificant in 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 the in the vein of it, it's an event that people see happen all the time, like it's a murder. All right, we see murders happen, you know, statistically. Uh, throughout societies all the time. Right. So, but but this murder, for example, starts World War One, and we're talking about the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Right. Um, uh, and and so they seem like these really obscure moments, and then and then the next thing you know, they trigger these somewhat massive domino effects. And right, the yeah. thing the thing that started this whole thing with Blizzard, when when you look at it, is, is ten thousand dollars. <laughs> right. You know. Um, the thing that started this whole thing with the NBA was one tweet from one guy who worked for, for who works for the Houston Rockets. Right. Um, with with Apple, yeah. it was uh, you know a little bit more blatant. Hey, we're not going to let the Hong Kong protesters know where the police are. Mm -hmm. um, and for another, it was a restaurant, a Japanese restaurant, um, and it was just like, wait a minute, what? Why is that? The, the, the restaurant operates in Hong Kong, and, and I, I can't remember. I'll pull it up in the notes later. But uh, there's just these really small, seemingly insignificant events that trigger this massive thing. And with Hong Kong, the protests in Hong Kong, when I look deeper into that, it turned out that, that all of that sort of stemmed from one relatively insignificant event as well. Gotcha. Um, and, and that's what really kind of kicked it all off for me. And so the next thing I knew, I'd collected a bunch of material on it and Right. Done more than more than the necessary amount of thinking about it, <laughs> uh, right. and uh, through the through the idea to Ben to say, hey, you guys might want to talk about religion yeah. China because everybody else is. Yeah. Well, let's talk. Oh, about for sure. Well, yeah, I was going to say let's let's start off with a, a I would say a, a fairly significant event, which is the the Hong Kong protests. Now, what's I mean, I think we've done some research on this, but mm -hmm. we're gonna we're gonna be asking yeah. you a lot of questions like, what's going on there? Like, what is the starting point of this? Yeah, absolutely. So, and I'm by all means not a historian. You've got show notes and all that. You'll be able to publish for everyone to review afterwards. Uh, in we're terms not, of we're links not and do all that, that. we don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that. That's for uh, but, real podcast hosts. <laughs> and really, for me, there's not much better source than Wikipedia on the protests themselves. Right. The, sure. the Wiki right. Foundation is doing a great job with this. But essentially, uh, it tragically starts with a murder. It, it starts with a murder in China. Mm -hmm. um, uh, two Hong Kong citizens, uh, a boyfriend and girlfriend, go to China, and for whatever reason, he kills 
his, the, the boyfriend kills his girlfriend by, um, I, I forget how, and he, he throws her body off of a train track or something somewhere. And it's just oh, wow. incredibly, okay. incredibly tragic, incredibly like um, um, something that like, wait a minute, why is Hong Kong <laughs> protesting uh, because of this? And it, it wasn't really entirely, it's not, obviously it's not all about that, but that murder is important because the boyfriend goes back to Hong Kong and he doesn't right. confess to the murder until he gets back there. Right, right. Um, and when he confesses back there, China has no means of recourse for dealing with this dead body that, that's happened in China. The Chinese police sure. have no means of, of, of extraditing him. Hong Kong will not extradite him to China. Uh, right. And so a bill is introduced into Hong Kong legislation a little bit later in which they they say we need to come up with a mechanism to extradite people to certain countries and, and one of them happened to be china yeah and the obvious reaction by anybody who is afraid of of china's uh political format taking over hong kong's political format the obvious reaction is to say wait a minute no you're giving hong kong you're giving china way too much yeah. power right um and and as a result the protests erupt uh, and they're incredibly well executed protests. Protests initially, sure. Um, the airport protest was a phenomenal demonstration of peaceful um, protesting, yet extremely disruptive. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. shutting down the Hong Kong airport for three days, and right. uh, it's it's the busiest airport in the world, and they really were getting the message across to at least the rest of the world that they really don't want. Uh, this this bill to be passed, and as they protested, there were claims that that Chinese police or Hong Kong police were were, were too stringent and too too brutal in their suppression right. tactics. Mm -hmm. um, and so now the the protest has taken on sort of four pillars of of, of uh, representation in terms of what they want to fight against. Yeah. Whereas initially it was just no, we don't want you to pass a bill like this. In the right. World. It's overreaching kind of a bill. Yeah, and it's or, sad because or, or because just that it has the potential to to create like a like too much Chinese political power in mm -hmm. Hong Kong. Like I think that's yeah, more exactly. so yeah, what absolutely. would be going on. Like mm -hmm. if we open the door for this, like it might have been. I mean, if I was in Hong Kong, I might be saying China has been looking for something like this to happen so that they could get a bill like this going. You know, I mean, sure. who knows? But I would assume that's what. Sure. Well, yeah, about. exactly. I mean, for all we know, that is exactly what China is doing. Mm, um, right. And and that's what makes it so compelling to me, because ultimately I'm like, wait a minute, uh, this guy um, who was arrested for the murder, um, I, I, I certainly believe, want to believe with all my heart that the protesters aren't interested in protecting him. Sure. Right? Oh, sure. Uh, that, that they want, and I believe he did come to justice in Hong Kong. Okay. Right. Um, but the fact that, that someone who could commit that kind of action in any country would be protected by any other country mm -hmm. is, is reason enough to say, uh, if I'm a leader who cares about the morality of this, I, I want to do something about that. I want to make sure people are held accountable for the, for the, for the crimes they commit like that. Yeah, um, sure. But then, but obviously China is, you know a whole new ballgame when it comes to the political system and, and the, the differences between Hong Kong and China are are subtle in some ways and dramatic in others and uh, right. it, it makes it all very interesting. Yeah, I'm reading it now there's there's six, no, there's five objectives of the protest now whereas 
first it was they wanted the, the extradition bill withdraw, withdrawn from the process. Now they're like, we want you to retract what, what you mean by riot versus protest. We want you to release and mm. exonerate all the prisoners, uh, the protesters. We want you to establish a commission that, that holds the police accountable. Um, and then we want the, <laughs> the legislator, Carrie Lamb, to resign. Uh, and uh, and now we and then we want to implement universal suffrage uh, for all legislative council and chief executives, meaning we want everyone to have an equal vote in who gets appointed to these positions from now on. Yeah. Uh, so no small no small requests here uh, at all right. in, in the landscape of things. But like you said, it's it's like a <clears throat> it's like a it's like a snowball, you know, that's gotten bigger and bigger. Started off with, I mean, obviously a a, tra- a tragic event. A serious one and the murder but it was also that's relatively small you know and yeah. now it has become nation you know like international news yeah. um mm-hmm. so a multi-billion so, dollar changing <laughs> yeah. right so let's um let's move i, I know we, we're mainly a video game focused podcast but i do think it'd be good to get a little bit more background about some of the non-video game world sure. that's been impacted by this so can you walk yeah. us through the stuff with like apple and the nba just kind of briefly sure i mean the event that first got my attention aside from the airport protests mm-hmm. themselves was um was uh maury daryl maury's comments mm-hmm. um in the nba and he he uh, is a general manager for Houston Rockets, right, 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 in the NBA, and he uh, tweets uh, his support for Hong Kong in a in a very simple tweet mm-hmm. that was very shortly thereafter deleted. Yep. Um, and his, and there his, have been people on his personal Twitter, yeah, right? On his personal Twitter mm-hmm. account, um, and a lot of people have some some of the sports writers have made some pretty good points that if he had worked for the Sacramento Kings, nobody would care. Sure. Right. Um, uh, sorry, huh. Kings fans, but uh, the 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 reason why Houston is such a big deal is because the NBA has created regional representation in several strategic countries in terms of expanding their reach. Sure, um, and and China is obviously a very big part of that. And and the Houston Rockets, the greatest Chinese basketball player in NBA history, Yao Ming, played for Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. And Yao Ming is the president of the. Chinese NBA regional uh, 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 district. So Yao Ming was extremely uh, offended by Daryl Morey's comments, sure. right. um, and as was as was the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. And, um, then, and, and they immediately started. It, I, there's an incredible sequence of events that happened after that. We can yeah. get into in a minute, but anyway, um, yeah. Yeah, the Houston Rockets so, are, I think, um, the second most popular team in China, and. Yeah, with a population like that, um, and they're they're broadcast on the CCTV Chinese. Um, uh, I forgot the communist. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's probably not that. Not right off. Not with the second C. No, oh, but it's it's a it's a television um, company run. That's by always the meant crowd control in London. But yeah. I'm not sure what it means. It's not closed circuit television, um, but yeah. it's it's yeah. China's <laughs> government uh, run. TV station, yes. which so they so it, it is they it have is <laughs> it could be uh, I can't remember if that actually China's is but it could be TV but it uh, um, but it's it's government run so they have a huge say on what is played on it and with you yeah. know Houston Rockets being the second uh, most favorite team in China itself they would have a huge say on 
what team gets to be played where. And so that became a big deal for for China and the government um, because now yeah, they're actively speaking out against um, and I don't, the Chinese government. And I, I don't yeah. want to speak too broadly about um, other cultures that I'm not super familiar with, but I knew, I do know that in the, in Eastern culture, there's a, a tremendous premium put on face. And that is this idea of honor and impersonal integrity mm-hmm. and not being shamed, especially publicly. That's a huge deal. So for the Houston Rockets general manager, someone so closely uh, associated with Yao Ming to come out and in support of Hong Kong. I mean, I feel like that is in, that is a public slap in the face to China, especially with the connections to Yao Ming. And so China has responded, uh, kind of went nuclear from what, from, from what our perspective would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but so what, what exactly did they do? Well, it was, it was timed very poorly by, by Daryl Morey. Uh, and I know that he didn't put a whole lot of thought into the consequences of this, because I don't think he would have tweeted this if he had known all this was going sure. to happen. Um, but he timed it right. He, uh, he literally sent the tweet the, the day that several NBA teams, I think four NBA teams, were flying to China for exhibition games in China. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Um, there were interviews and there were uh, there were promotional events that the players had committed to doing. I think uh, LeBron James had a million dollar promotional appearance that uh, it was either him or one of his teammates had a, a multi-million dollar promotional contract in China. They had speaking engagements that they were scheduled to fulfill. Um, and when the teams got there, uh, they were sitting uh, in the hotel because most of their pregame stuff had been canceled. Yeah. And they were watching the posters and the banners that were on the building across the street of themselves being scraped off the, the, the buildings. That's terrifying. Uh, and, and listen, the Twitter is, is banned in China. They had no idea what was going on. Oh, wow. <laughs> they had no idea what was going on. They're in the middle of, of, of communist China. They're mm-hmm. in the middle of watching all the events they were slated to perform being canceled. And, and they had no idea what was happening. And so what China was basically doing is China was saying, we're not doing anything for the NBA right Mm -hmm. now. And Adam Silver, who is the commissioner of the National Basketball Association, came out and said that that he he um, he regretted Maury's comments. But at the same time, he endorsed Maury's right to to have that opinion. Um, And. there were people both within the NBA and, of course, within China saying you have to fire him. Um, they they wanted Daryl Morey fired. Uh, several people and several of the players said there's no way you would let us stay in the league if we did something that cost the NBA this much money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Silver is stick, sticking by saying no, I would let you stay, and and I'm letting him stay. I'm not. Sure. I'm not interested in fire. It's not really his his authority to fire him anyway. He'd have to be fired by the Houston owner. Yeah. But right. Um, but Silver said this in one of his comments. Uh, he said, "I don't think it's inconsistent on one hand to be sympathetic with China, and and how it must look to them, uh, and how it looks to the business arrangement that they have with the NBA." Yeah. Um, and at the same time, stand by our principles, our American principles, our belief in the freedom of expression, freedom uh-huh. of speech, and so forth. Um, and so I think he's caught in really a really <laughs> a really bad spot uh, because the there proverbial is proverbial rock in the right. hard place. Yeah. 
Well, it's a very think, rock and hard place, right? What I keep saying um, is that um, China is constantly trying to, or is constantly reacting a certain way, which is bringing more attention to what's going on, um, and it's it's kind of perpetuating more. So, like, let's say that Maury, you know, sends his tweet out. Let's say Hong Kong, or not Hong Kong, but China goes through with all the deals they have with the NBA and all that. It would have shed no light on the situation. It would have just been like, oh, he said this tweet, no big deal, whatever. But they keep constantly, like, are trying to overreach past their country and say, you know, and even so with, with what Adam Silver said, you know, in support of Maury being able to express himself. I mean, uh, China said that Adam Silver was going to pay um or suffer yeah. retribution oh, yeah. or something like that uh and it's like the nba would pay yeah. don't say any of that because all you're doing is just like shining a bigger spotlight on yourself when you're doing stuff like that so a lot of times the um the reaction is causing more and same thing happened with uh with blizzard it's i think well it's, i was gonna say yeah let's yeah let's talk about an overreaction let's move into the the <laughs> events that happened with blitzchung and hearthstone and blizzard yeah so there's yeah. this um hearthstone uh grandmasters tournaments going on correct yeah and right. um and he ends up winning the whole thing um and then no he doesn't he didn't win it he he uh he won about ten thousand dollars worth of the pool gotcha Um, they're competing they were competing for five hundred thousand dollars okay so uh, a five hundred thousand dollar pool okay so he won a decent chunk for himself um uh, or i guess yeah a pretty decent chunk for himself um and then in the post game interview he he says liberate hong kong revolution of our time um and then what happens to to him and everybody else um what was the Blizzard's so they the act well Blizzard not Activision but Blizzard's response was to suspend him for a year, um, uh-huh. and to immediately remove him from the tournament the the uh, the Hearthstone uh, Grandmasters right. and um, and then they 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 cited uh, section six point one they of their winnings rules. as well. Yeah. yeah, they seized the winnings and, and basically said he can't have the prize money. He's suspended from competing for a year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and they cited this all based on a rule that they have in their rule book, which is engaging in any act that in Blizzard's sole discretion brings you into public disrepute, uh, disrepute <laughs> uh, offends a portion or a group of the public or otherwise damages <laughs> Blizzard's image. Blanket. Um and it's a really big blanket yeah. statement that they could invoke anytime they yeah, want. Yeah, can do anything for any reason. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, if you think about any statement that could offend a group yeah. of mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. A group I mean, or a portion or a group of the public. Yeah, A, p- a portion <laughs> or a group of the public. Can yeah. anybody say anything <laughs> in the world without offending a group or a, per- a portion of the public? Yeah. <laughs> you know? no, it's so clearly yeah. like a, a, a provision that is there just in case something like this happens. I mean, I, f- I feel like that's what's going on. Yeah. And I don't blame them for having it. It makes right. sense. But in this particular case, it seems like Maybe their reaction was a little heavy-handed. It was too quick, but also very heavy-handed uh, because they also fired the two commenters, not for for not doing anything. Well, I th- I, th- I think they fired them because and Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong or us if we're wrong. I think they fired them because they knew he was going to say 
Yeah, which that's what the say, belief and is, and they didn't stop yeah. it. They they that, cite I mean, least, they cite they fired them because their job is to keep the focus on the game. And when he said what he said, they were just ducking their heads. They weren't trying. That's to what I'm saying. Though they knew he was going to say it, and mm-hmm. they didn't stop him. Um, which and the argument's the same both ways. They, they basically China or the people who were really riled up about it. I think Tencent is 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 the organization that got Tencent, really Tencent, upset yeah. or Tencent. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think they uh, own like what five percent of Blizzard. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, and they five or ten. They had a very serious problem with what he said, obviously. Yeah. But also um, the fact that so they 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 don't trust that the the, the casters didn't know he was going to say it, and sure. then they also don't like the fact that he didn't that he wasn't corrected sure. immediately. Um, and it, listen, the rule, the rule kind of makes sense. It, it's if it offends a, a portion or a group of the public, according to Blizzard's sole discretion, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. Blizzard, Blizzard is still able to say we care about that group or pub or portion being offended, or we don't care about that group right. or portion. Right. So if you, you know, if he would have said I don't like Christians, then who knows what would have happened? I don't know. Sure. Um, but I, I think the rule was there and is there to keep people talking about the game and about the tournament sure right uh and and to not let anyone turn it into a political pedestal which when you think about it if you're if you're a, a hearthstone player you really would like that you'd like to be able to get together play a game join in a community that bridges all of these different cultures together and not get into political arguments sure. right? absolutely absolutely which, <laughs> which they've, they've said um even after the fact they said they're a politically neutral company they're they're not trying to be political even though they've taken right. a lot of political stances already, um, they're trying <laughs> not to be political, which uh, you know I don't have a um, I don't have a problem with. That's fine. You know, if you don't want to get yeah. into political issues, if you're trying to run a business, especially if you're trying to be the kind of company that Blizzard is, as far as like reaching out to more than just the U.S. or just Europe. Um, yeah. What I don't like is how quickly and how much. Again, it's one of those things to where he rightfully earned what he earned he should have been paid that um suspending him sure for a year i don't think that's right maybe for a month or from the next tournament or something like that but again them reacting so quickly and so harshly just shown a giant spotlight on them it should have been more of like it happened just move past it because all it did was stop everything that's happening and bring it back to that point in time, you know, consistently over and over again. I mean, people who don't care about video games are reading stories about video games because of the Blitzchung incident. And there's been more things that have happened since then. I almost feel like every time I hear anything and I, and I don't want to come off as one sided. I, I do agree with you, Josh, that it's a, it's a complex situation. Sure. And we're, and we'll get into that a little bit here in just a few minutes, but it seems like every time I'm hearing anything else, it's blizzard making another decision that seems to be making it worse. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's a very reaction, react reactionary. And they're also uh, apparently very, very moved by, by different, influential groups sure. whether it's the the chinese influential group right. initially or by the outcry of the fan base secondarily right. i mean senators are now getting involved yeah. please right. congressmen well, senators jumping. please get out of this right now yeah 
and stay yeah. out of this uh, because we don't need you there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> I think something that's... And if I... Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say, just to, to a few more events that have happened, there was a uh, there was a collegiate team that they had. I think it's, it's like AU. Yeah. I don't America know America University. America University? American so University, th- yeah. American, sorry, <laughs> that's, that's get it right. American American College of Learning. Um, <laughs> they have these like uh, quote unquote televised like Hearthstone tournaments. There's yeah. like a collegiate circuit that are te- televised, yeah. and yeah. at at American University, some students held up a Liberate Hong Kong sign. The cameras were quickly panned away from them, mm-hmm. but no punishment came. Nope. And then yeah. the, the students from this t- from this group said, all right, well, we're going to forfeit the rest of the matches for the rest of the season yeah. because if you're going to punish Blitzchung, you should punish us as well. Yeah. It should be even. It's very right? hypocritical. And right. then you have mm-hmm. Reddit that was just like a... I mean, they people were going nuts. They were making all these different memes. They like they they redesigned Blizzard's uh, like oh, yeah. um, icons to like <laughs> the Chinese flag to, to, and stuff. Yeah. To, to the Chinese flag. Um, Very creative. So yeah. much creativity going yeah. away. Exactly right. So like what Josh mentioned with the with the people like with with Blizzard kind of kowtowing to this um, to the backlash that came back and said, "All right, mm-hmm. we you know we see he didn't break any rules." <laughs> Right. Like, like for the tournament, so yeah. we'll let him keep his prizes, his prize winnings, and we'll uh, we'll only suspend him for six months. And the same thing happened with the commentators, and then eventually, it's like this: all these different things. Eventually, they did ban those players from American University for six months, and they're like happy that that happened because they feel like that that's fair. Uh, the Blizzard, I think, president, like a, like he tweeted out or. He, he, he put out a statement. I read that. It, it was like so the angry. Friday after the event that basically was, I didn't read the whole thing, but I know at one point he's like, China had nothing to do with the decision that we made. Yeah. <laughs> something on those, something on those, along those lines. And we're all like, okay, like that's not true. <laughs> right. Like, like we know that that's not true. And he, he put it out at like five thirty on a Friday night, yeah. which I'm not a marketer. Uh, I'm not in marketing, but from what I hear, that's where you do something like that to get ignored yep. by yep. over sources. the over the weekend, so that by over Monday it's kind yeah. of a dead story. Yeah. Well, and even yeah. even if they were telling the truth, even if it wasn't because of China, and they were trying to uphold the rules of their of their competition. I mean, even in the rules it says that one of the penalties will be reduction of the player's prize total to zero U.S. dollars, and it is right. the other remedies which may be provided for under the handbook and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if that were, even if it were true, even if he was speaking truthfully about their motives and intentions, no one's going to believe that mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, no. It, it's, it's pointless to say it because then it just it, it looks even more defensive. They they actually <laughs> would have. Methinks prob- he doth protest too much. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they kind of would have garnered a little bit more respect from me if they had just stuck with it. Because if I read these rules. I go, you know what? I don't like your decision, but you do have it right here in black or white yeah. that I need to be careful what I say. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's, it's and, yeah, yeah. They're they're constantly reacting to what's going on rather than saying, okay, this is what we believe. This is what we're gonna follow through on. And uh, I mean, yeah, it, it. They even so even if if the Chinese government or Tencent. Um, didn't say anything to them like the reason that they 
did do that. Was Which so it's that highly unlikely that they didn't yes. say anything. The <laughs> reason that they probably did, the motivating factor, if not that, was definitely financial because um, after the U.S. and the Europe market, China's the next big, biggest market. Um, yes. And so it's definitely, oh, we got to make sure we don't offend those people that are in control of bringing us money from China. Right. Um, which they which, they traded one market for another because, like, they had a big hit for as far as, like, um, the, the American market. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one, one of the stories on Reddit was, like, a massively upvoted um, – post that was someone like trying to figure out how to delete an account and that the ability to delete the accounts on blizzard was temporarily like disabled yep. and then either because either because the servers couldn't handle it like so many people were doing it or because yeah. blizzard temporarily shut them down i don't know yeah. and i'm not going to speculate but it was enough people wanted to do it yeah. that it was it was creating issues and problems and it's just like it was just one thing after I was watching Layman Gaming. It's like they were posting every other day. Yeah, <laughs> something Talking new. About it, yeah. It's like yeah, they're having an incredible two weeks <laughs> news coverage there. But yeah, uh, uh, Josh, what do you think? Like the the, what do you think the reaction should have been from Blizzard as soon as this happened? I, I think that he needed to be uh, disciplined sure. uh, because because and I, I think that anybody who tries to turn it into a, a a political pillar mm -hmm. uh, has to be cautious, and, and, and because of the rules of the game, in order to maintain fairness, uh, they they should have disciplined them, but they also should reevaluate their rules. Absolutely, um, yeah. Because uh, to me, one of the most significant moments in history, when it comes to human rights, is when Jesse Owens ran in the Olympics yeah. in front of Hitler. Right. Um, and right. he didn't really have to make a bunch of statements. He made the statement with the way he performed. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think some some other athletes in, an, in a later Olympics held up a, the Black Power symbol in protest, and even that was a that was somewhat of a silent. It was silent. a big deal, yeah. And, you know, it was a big deal, but it wasn't like this outrageous, over-the-top, you know, mm -hmm. uh, thing. Right. At least, I mean, to the, at that point in time, I think it was considered outrageous and over the top. But yeah. I, I think you can make statements without having to to occupy every platform in order to do it. Yeah. Well, Mar um, Martin, Luther I, King, I think, Martin Luther King in his march, um, uh, his historic march, that was he was not doing anything to necessarily let, was. Um, super out there but it was definitely something that brought a lot of people together just in the walk just in marching together um, right so i, I think yeah go ahead well I, I i feel the same way i feel like you when you get communities coming together to do something together in a in a in a uh, a positive way in a harmonious way right um, you have the opportunity to make a lot more impact than you do by laying down a bunch of rules of suppression. Sure. And uh, yeah. and so I, I do think he had to be disciplined because of the ruling, but I mm -hmm. think they should reevaluate the ruling. And it's the same thing with the NBA. Uh, everybody who is reacting to the NBA and to Blizzard and to Apple and to Starbucks and to uh, these other companies and getting angry at them for trying to mend fences with China. Yeah. I feel like they need to calm down a little sure. bit because China is all over the American market. Yeah. 
China is influencing everything. You've got things and I've got things sitting in front of me right now that were made in China that yeah. were facilitated by China. China is is establishing this massive global position. Yeah, right. And when we when we say we're going to withdraw from the Chinese market, um, we are we are essentially making a decision not to influence the people of China. Mm-hmm. And there, there, there deserves to be a, a, a philosophical question asked there of is withdrawing from China and closing our and, and ending some sort of a relationship with China robbing ourselves of the opportunity to influence yeah. the Chinese people with American ideas and so forth and so on is, is, is that just as bad as offending China and having the doors shut sure um, I mean that's how North very possibly right now. That's, I mean, that's yeah, exactly. North Korea is just completely closed off. We have no ability to help or influence or share cultures or anything. Yeah, and I think I think it's important too. I mean, there's a couple things that we didn't touch on. One of them was that Blizzard itself is not unified in this position. There's yeah. lots of Blizzard employees that were, were protesting this. Yeah. Um, but that being said, like I remember when I first heard the story. And I thought, well, that, there's something definitely not right about this. Like, mm-hmm. like this is uncomfortable that, that China is able to put pressure on American companies mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. go against American values. Uh, not just mm-hmm. American values, but America is very serious about freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. And, and so an American co- company was pressured by China to essentially punish someone for their right to free speech. Yeah. At the same time, like it's more complicated than that. Sure. Like you don't, ha- you're not guaranteed free speech for your from your company. You no. know, like it's it's a it's a political right that you have yeah. in America, but it doesn't mean it's without repercussion, uh, if depending on what it's used in. And beyond that, I- I've heard different projections. I've heard that like Blizzard might make ten percent of its revenue or, or a seventh of its revenue from China, something yeah. like that. And I think if you're to ask Blizzard, what you know. What's going to be? What, what's the better decision to make? Is it to take the ten thousand dollars away from this person who broke your rule that they agreed to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is it? Or is it to potentially cut ties with a seventh to a tenth of your revenue stream? Right. And what kind of far-reaching I- impacts could that have on your employees, <laughs> on your product, like? Mm-hmm. All that, like, it's 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 not as simple as saying like they should just defend free speech sure. because if they had, if they had cut ties with China, they could have had serious like employee problems, like or layoffs or things like that yep. that happened because a massive chunk of their revenue was gone. Sure. And, um, right. and so it's it's not as cut and dry as just saying well they should just defend Blizzard. Yeah. It's like well, I, well maybe they should, but also maybe maybe there's room for w- taking some steps. Mm-hmm to to sanction him you know yeah. like i i think it's a fair question to ask one, one thing that really is pissing me off lately um for the for the last little bit but especially lately is corporate speak like they're constantly trying <laughs> to wrap everything up in such a nice pretty below pretty uh bow and you know deliver it like you would on a corporate meeting when that's not that's not who you're talking to so right. in this i mean blizzard if you don't have to be for or against what he said. The issue is right. with when he said it. And so that right. was what wasn't cleared and it should have been said. You know, we're not necessarily for or against what he said. We're actually, as a company, we're neutral on what he said. The issue right. was when he said it and using the platform that should have been for the game 
for a political issue that we have no interest in, you know, uh, becoming exactly. a part of. And they should yeah. have just I mean, said, it, he... said it like that, you know. Um, yeah, because he could have said it on his own Twitter account, right? Exactly, Maury, yeah. Maury said what he said on his own Twitter account. Mm -hmm. It's it's almost like going to the NBA playoffs, and during one of the press conferences, Maury goes, oh, and by the way, fight for Hong Kong. Sure. You know, and I mean, <laughs> that's, that's going to get him in trouble. Yeah, as, as <laughs> sure, Blizzard sure. executives and people that make the call to um, have those kind of repercussions, to, to deliver those repercussions, um, as people, I'm sure they're not against human rights, but their actions <laughs> aren't clear enough to define what they are for or against. Um, right. Or well, even what their acting. actions sound like is their sorry. What their actions sound like is that they're for money exactly. in the Chinese money. market over yeah, human and, rights. And it's, yeah, and, it, and it, yeah, exactly. If you have to choose one or the other, you choose money. I don't think it's that cut and dry. It's not. I think mm -hmm. these people are. I think these people are complicated. I would hate to have been put in their position because I'm just thinking about like if someone who's not even an employee of mine said something that could have gotten me in massive political and economic trouble, like I think my first response would be like, well, cut that guy loose. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Like yeah. he doesn't work for me. I didn't know he was going to say this. And in fact, our rules say that he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So right. get him out of here, you yeah. know, like, because I would rather sacrifice him than sacrifice all this other stuff that would really affect my company. Right. Like, I think in a lot of ways it makes sense. But then you bring in a lot of the you it's, it's also complicated because there's a lot of human rights issues sure. that are involved. The, the basic fundamental right to freedom of speech is in question. Uh, and it's it's definitely not. I mean, I don't I don't envy the position of Blizzard at the moment because no. it's it's a tough place to be in. But they're they're going to make it more. Go ahead. Sorry, Nick. Uh, to make it more somewhat, you know, interesting is 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 to say that we yeah we have a freedom of of, of speech and a freedom of expression mm -hmm. in America. Um, the 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 NBA players and the coaches and the 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 executive staff and anybody else who goes there, including Maury, mm -hmm. have been through several different educational sessions. I'm I'm not gonna say stronger words than educational, but right. educational sessions on on how they are to conduct themselves while they are in China. Right, right. There's no way Maury didn't know this was going to offend China. Sure. Um, and at the same time, he's not in China. Mm -hmm. He's in America. Right. Um, yeah. and, and so there's this complexity of now we've got this amazing thing that is bridging all these cultures together. We can't enforce China's rules on American NBA fans, and we can't enforce America's way of life on Chinese NBA fans. Mm -hmm. right. uh, at, least, at least not in this in-your-face, you-have-to-do-it-our-way manner. Right. Um, and that goes both for the, the Chinese way of of, of national pride as much as it does for our civil rights pride, right? Right, and our human rights pride. We still can't shove that into another country's face and say you've got to let us broadcast this all over your nation, right? Um, sure. Because there's lots of insinuation to that. Not to mention another dynamic is the is the uh, the risk factor that Maury's tweet put a lot of NBA players and executives in an extremely precarious position. Sure. Yeah. Uh, none of them had any idea what was going on, and, and LeBron James even said, "I don't think he put enough thought into the into what was going to happen mm -hmm. after he did." Right. Uh, and and uh, with 
with Blitzchung, I think Blitzchung knew what he was saying and knew what he was doing, sure. and he accepted the consequences of it. Yeah, um, yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, uh, and 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 he knew that 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 could happen. And at the same time, for people who are saying Blizzard employees need to protest, they need to walk out. Well, what about Tencent employees? Sure, they they can't do that, mm-hmm. and and they can't if if Tencent doesn't come out and say uh, something against Blitzchung's actions rapidly, then they've got the government's attention on them. Yeah, right. right? Yep. Uh, so it's not as simple as, as saying, oh, you should stand for human rights no matter what. It's it's not about that, you know. Uh, it's 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 more nuanced than that. And That's there right. are ways to stand for human rights that don't involve, you know, blabbering in front of everybody that you stand for human rights. Sure. I mean, I mean, Maury could have even said, you know, I don't speak for the NBA or the Houston Rockets, but this is what I believe. I mean, maybe that would yeah. have smoothed it out even more, you know. Um, I doubt it would have. I doubt it would have mattered. I mean, maybe, but I, I doubt yeah. it. Um, it's but, hard to know, and it would have shown that he put more thought into what sure, he was going to sure. say. I mean, LeBron James, when he yeah. he responded, he said, you know, talking more into to his tweet in response to all that, the first thing he put as um, things that are affected was financial and not the other yeah. stuff, which I mean, yeah. that's probably telling uh, as well. Like financially, you you probably don't need to put that in a tweet. You don't need to put financially as one of the repercussions. No, no. And he even made it clear. He's, he's LeBron is coming out and talking about LeBron. Sure. Um, and uh, he, LeBron he talks said, about LeBron. Y'all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said that he was going to leave that and relegate the, 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 whether or not the substance of what Maury said mm-hmm. was right or wrong, he was going to let other people argue about sure. that. His only argument was whether or not it was a good idea with LeBron James on a plane having no idea what was sure. happening. Yeah, heading to uh, China to, to do things there, yeah. yeah. And his teammates. LeBron, uh, LeBron was also heavily advocating for his teammates and very concerned about the players uh, because sure. LeBron... You keep in mind that the executives are in one branch of the NBA and the players are in another. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, with Blizzard and, and Blitzchung, uh, I think it was a little more understandable, you know, why there was discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and, it's, and it's, it's very complex to have multiple cultures engaging in an activity together where Absolutely. some of us want people, some of us want to protest and walk away from China and let that be our voice. Uh, again, America could have walked away from the Olympics um, and, and kept Jesse Owens out of there. Right. But instead, they 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 showed Hitler that that this man could outperform the best they had to offer. Mm, absolutely. Uh, and that a boycott did not achieve that historical moment. Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, to be clear, though, you are for human rights. <laughs> I'm not going to blabber about it. What he what he says <laughs> it's it's not representative of the Every Gamer podcast disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Josh's uh, tweets are his own. Yeah, uh, right. Oh my goodness, my China, please crazy. don't cancel us if if we're in your country. <laughs> I do have to say though, one of the funniest things that has happened is South Park's. Chinese, oh my gosh. China episode and they their apology yeah. has got to be one of the care. funniest things. Um, yeah, they don't. Just like, I don't have they, it pulled they, up, yeah. But if you haven't looked at it, or if you, if you haven't they, seen it, you need to to Google it because they. It's don't every bit care. of what you would expect from Matt Parker and Trey Stone. Like, and it's funny yeah. that it takes these Trey guys, Parker and Matt Stone. Sorry. Yeah, it t- it's funny that it takes these guys to say something like that, um, even though they do. I mean, their South Park plays in China, and it's a pretty big show in China. Not anymore. <laughs> but well, the funny thing is, they didn't cancel the whole show. They just didn't they play just, that episode. That one episode. Yeah, they're yeah. still well, playing. I, the I find that I find that so 
weird considering all of the other China jokes that have been in that show. Yeah. Um, I'm like, really, oh this gosh. is the, this is the one that offended mm-hmm. you. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and really the main actually, joke is that they keep, they, they keep saying the president looks like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a long time joke. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. uh, I think really what this oh, in some way may expose, and I don't know if history will tell if this is true or not, but I think this is, exposes how upset they are about the Hong Kong protest. Sure. Yeah. yeah, that's um, a that's a good point. Yeah. Absolutely, and they, know, China has endured a lot of public mockery and stuff like that in American media, mm-hmm. but people coming out and saying we endorse your revolution, Hong Kong. Yeah, uh, they don't like that at all. Sure. Um, and uh, if you uh, if you look at William Wilberforce and his fight against slavery in England, mm-hmm. um, the thing that that his opponents did to shut down his arguments for a while and to get people to ignore him was they associated him with the revolutionists of of the of the United States. Right. Um, and they they got his mentality and they married his mentality to the mentality of revolution, mm-hmm. and that got him squashed for years. Right. Yeah. Uh, and He's it was only. Man. Yeah, it was only through a loophole in the system, in, in a naval in a naval regulation that he had passed when half the half of the parliament wasn't paying attention that actually finally outlawed the transport of slaves. Yeah, um, and and so again, it goes to this point of standing for human rights and understanding the way to fight for them. Sure. In the landscape of a multicultural diversification like this. Mm-hmm. It's really important for everybody who says they care about human rights to really understand what a real impactful action looks like and what it doesn't look like. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and just telling point. companies that they're evil because they stay in business with China, that's not enough. I'm sorry, but it's just not enough. Sure. If you really want to. It's more complex than yeah. that, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we need to be more creative well, than that if we want to share the importance sure. of I mean, human rights. With other I mean, boycott if you're yeah. if you're into gaming, you boycott Blizzard. That's that's how you're speaking about it. You don't have to publicize it heavily. You right. can be playing the games. That's a that's a way of doing it. You know? Right. So well, and uh, and and people have the have the right to take whatever stance they want. I know some people some they people do. feel mm-hmm. like the only way to get their voice heard is to is to vote with their wallet sure. and like. I think I think that's totally fair, and people have the right to do that. But I think Josh makes a good point that if your issue is with with China overreaching into American politics or systems, then are you you know what are you prepared to part with that was made in China? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, right. I don't even know. I mean, I don't have I have no idea how many things I own or wear or things like that that were made in China, and so it's yeah. it's definitely something that be mindful because we there's a lot of political you know faux activism you know i I changed my profile picture to something or other you know and and i'm in i'm standing for this it's like are you really making are you you really serious about this and like you're saying are we being creative enough to fight for what we believe in in a way that really matters and understands the nuances and the complexities of the issue because it's not as simple as blizzard bad and um, you know i deleted hearthstone yeah right right right. there's there's more to it but what I was gonna say we're at an hour and fifteen minutes, so we need to. Yeah. Have a, um, to Josh, are you? Uh, do you have social medias that you want to put out there at all? Yes, uh, I'm on Twitter at it burkalert. It burkalert. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skitch. 
Oh, yeah. So you can find me on Twitter and Twitch and Instagram at Skitch256. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do we have any questions for the listeners for this one? Like, what, I mean, we do want to know. I'm, I'm gonna, Nick, I'm going to give you an opportunity to yeah, plug yeah. yourself here in a second. But we usually like to end with, like, what are your thoughts, listeners? Like, this is a really complex issue. It's a very hot topic issue. It's very controversial. Uh, you know, we don't. We want to be careful. We're not telling people how to think, but we're trying to present a perspective that is as fair as we can make it. Yeah. Um, so we'd love to get your perspective and thoughts, and and maybe some creative ideas about things that can be done. Yeah. What do you think Blizzard did wrong, or what do you think they did right? How about Blitzchung? You know, how about? Um, I mean, we can even talk about NBA and Maury and Adam Silver and all that, and get into the idea of like, what do you think they're doing wrong about? how they're responding or in what force are they responding or are they really trying to talk to us like people or are they just trying to talk to us like another number um yeah. you know um uh hit us up at the eg podcast on twitter and instagram and uh, you can also find me on twitter um at uh, nick j wells and uh, we'd yeah. love to have a conversation with you guys um so yeah um talk to us and and we'd love to talk back uh josh thank you so much for joining us yeah thanks for being on man that's great to be on thanks for having me yeah of course absolutely all right guys we'll uh talk to you in the next one see ya later